welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Hear your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I am your host, Fred. That great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And um, hope to power right through the day today, folks. Um, quite a lot to cover on the show um, and a week in recovery for Radio Drama Revival itself. Um, I apologize if you've had any outages or other problems getting our feeds and websites. Uh, this week, we have been um, brutalized by a series of really dreadful attacks on the website. Um, been working with the host, um, had to take the site down and rebuild it uh, multiple times this week, um, trying to minimize the service outages. So if you didn't notice it, awesome. But if you did, uh, my sincere apologies. Just one of those technical things that's really uh, been very painful uh, to witness. And um, hopefully we've got it licked. Um, but if you do have a time when you can't get ready to run revival and you expect to, my sincere apologies. And I hope um, it will be back up shortly. Typically, it's it's not been down as much as an hour, um, I, I hope. But usually within 15, 20 minutes, we can solve it. Um, but anyways, uh, we're moving on to the good stuff, which is audio. So we are back to featuring Mark Time Ogle Award Winner's Circle um, just for this last week here in July before we move onward. Um, we are going to feature a group we had back in February, Our Fair City. Um, Our Fair City is now in Season 2, which is wrapped up, and they're working on Season 3 now. And um, actually, I think Season 3 has been recorded, and they're now working on um, getting it out, uh, post-producing out to you in the world. Um, so they won a silver mark time this year, and they came out um, to visit in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I met them about a month ago. And uh, among their other talents, they have a fantastic live theater um, show they did. Um, They all come from live theater backgrounds, so that should maybe not be that surprising. But they did uh, this unbelievably awesome and hilarious uh, variety show um, type thing based in the world of Our Fair City featuring skits um, um, parts of the Our Fair City universe, as well as uh, songs where of like classic Irish, um, you know, culture songs uh, rebranded for mole people and Our Fair City people, which uh, is just too funny for words. And we also have an s- exclusive interview that was taken right after that show completed. Um, all that coming up in just a moment. First off, I've got to take a moment to feature Dialed In. Uh, this is the second part of Dialed In. Um, we featured Ancient Evil, um, I guess it was at the top of this month in July 2012. Uh, now we're, they have released the second part. Um, there are uh, bi-weekly installments coming out, uh, but I missed this last week, so this will be coming out this week, and then there will be another next week. Um, the next week will probably be after the main feature of the show. Um, here we are headlining again, Oral Stage Studios with Dialed In. Um, this one is called Shooting the Bull, and it's just crazy. <laughs> so Enjoy. A new audio series from Oral Stage Studios. Hi, I'm Matthew Boudreaux, and you're listening to Dialed In. It can't be real. I saw him. Who's there? I turned, and out of the night, it it came. I've got to get in there! But forget it. Half the building's already collapsed. It's an emergency, isn't it? The locals believe the guilty party to be a ghost or goblin. Look! What? The devil! 
How could I possibly describe what approached me? His hands were cold, clammy, like a corpse. Unchecked, the panic could help foment civil unrest. Run! The attacker is supposedly diabolical in nature. And enough to chill the blood of any man. Mind trouble, Gov? Not yet. On our own, are we? <laughs> they say the devil walks abroad. The devil doesn't walk the streets of London. And he never has. That's settled then. The apprehension of the mysterious spring Jack is entirely in your hands. The Strange Case of spring Jack. Download from the Wireless Theatre Company. This week's episode... Shooting the Bull by Perry Whittle, starring Jennifer O'Donnell, Heather Lee Rogers, John Bell, and P.G. LaRusso. 911, what is your emergency? I need help. You'll have to speak up. Help. I can barely hear you. My life is in danger. I need help. What kind of help do you need? I want My fiancé told me to call the cops. Why do you want the police to respond, ma'am? There's a bull in my shop. Did you say a bull? Yes. Is that a gang affiliation? I, I I don't think so. So what does that mean? A bull, a male cow. The horned quadruped. Yes. I see. What kind of a shop is it? We sell fine china and porcelain. Is this a joke? No. Sounds like a joke. Okay. It has humorous aspects, but only in concept. In reality, it's a disaster. Please, send some cops. Okay. And what do you want the officers to do when they arrive? I guess shoot it. Shoot it? The bull. You want the officers to shoot the bull? Or scare it away, or something. Are there other people in your shop right now? No. When the... (laughs) What was that? The bull. (laughs) Sounds big. (laughs) It is. Okay. Let me just upgrade this call to an emergency. I already told you it was an emergency. You did. I'm standing on top of a display case, staring at an enraged 3,000-pound bull. But you didn't believe me. I was reserving judgment. When the bull showed up, Patrick ran into the stockroom. There's a back exit, so he probably... Patrick? My fiancé. He owns the shop. So he got out. Can you see the bull? Yes. What's it doing right now? Looking at me? Just looking at you? In a very threatening manner. Uh Uh-huh. So what has it done so far? It entered the shop, uh, scared away the customers, and has been glaring at me and... and... (laughs) snorting. So nothing. It doesn't belong here. Do you have a weapon in the shop? We do. A revolver. I want you to get the gun. Can you reach it from where you are? No. I'll have to move. Take it nice and easy. God! He's looking at me. Stay calm. He's just as frightened as you are. Hard to believe. And he's more confused. What do you mean? Just keep moving toward the gun. Have you heard from Patrick? What? Has he called or anything? I haven't heard anything. We've got focus on your safety now. Are you moving toward the gun? Yes. Know how to use it? Sure. Patrick taught me. Okay. 
Is there anyone else in the shop with you now? No. When Patrick darted into the back, the bull came further into the store. That's when the couple I was helping ran out. Then Patrick yelled for me to call 911. Sweet. I grabbed the phone and jumped onto one of the display cases to try to get out of the way. So it's just you and the bull in the shop now? Well, not by choice. I'm sorry? You make it sound like I planned this or something. That's not what I was saying, ma'am. Amy. Okay, Amy. That's not what I meant. What did you mean, sweet? I'm sorry? When I told you Patrick told me to call 911, you said sweet. Don't worry about it. Well, you said it in a way. I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. Like you didn't like Patrick. What kind of man leaves his fiance? He's my in a boyfriend. Shop? Whatever. He left you in a shop with a live bull. Yeah. I don't think I like your boyfriend. Got it. I'm sorry. I've got the gun now. Mm. Oh, yeah. Good. Can you still see the bull? <laughs> Twice as big as life. Okay. You sure you're alone? Yoo-hoo! Anybody else in here? <laughs> Aside from you, Ferdinand. <laughs> it's just Ferdy and me. Ferdy? That's the bull? Right. I wish you hadn't named it. Why? Because now I'm going to ask, can you get a good shot at him? <laughs> what? You've got the gun now. Have you got a clear shot? I'm not going to shoot the bull. But if it threatens you, you can deal with it. In the head is your best bet. I'm not going to shoot the bull. But you know how, if you need to. The gun is for people. People who try to rob us. Not for animals. The principles are largely the same. Thank God. The cops are here. Can you see them? Yes. Two uniformed officers. Good. They're telling me they don't have a clear shot. You need to shoot the animal. I don't have the gun. What happened to it? I threw it away when the cops showed up. Why'd you do that? I didn't want to get shot. Okay. No problem. What's going on? It's okay. I'm talking to the officers. They're going to shoot it. Shoot it? Right. Don't shoot it. That's not what you wanted. It hasn't done anything. But you're in danger. Your life is in danger. Not really. That's what you said when you called. I lied. There are criminal and civil penalties for making a false 911 report. I didn't lie, but, well, the situation has changed. Uh-huh, the situation. You're still alone in a shop with a live bull. How has that changed? Well, my perception of it has changed. I see. I'm more afraid of the cops and their guns than the bull. Okay, I'll tell the officers. <laughs> Amy, Amy, are you okay? My perception changed again. Okay, I'll tell the officers to open fire. Oh God. Hello? Hold on. An animal control unit is on the scene with a dart gun. We're going to use that instead. That makes me feel a lot better. What's the matter? Where's Patrick? Your boyfriend? Friend. Why do you care? He left you alone in the shop with a wild animal. What kind of man does that? Well, Patrick. You're better off without him. What is that?
<laughs> what happened? I'm getting a <laughs> They darted the boat. <laughs> Are you okay? We need more darts. More darts! More darts! <laughs> Stay back! Stay back! <laughs> Are you alright? I threw a teacup at him. That seems to have confused him. You're doing great. I wish Patrick were here. Your friend? My boss. Amy, you don't need that guy. He ran out on you, and you deserve better. Yeah, maybe. Definitely. Look how you handle this situation. You're doing a great job. Really? Really. Thanks. You're really nice. How is the bull now? He seems calm now. Like he's not going to be any more trouble. Holy Mary! You okay, Amy? I'm still here. I think it's okay now. The bull's wobbling. His eyelids are drooping. I think he's going down. Uh-oh. What's uh-oh? Amy? Amy, are you still there? Still here. Thank God. Are you okay? Yeah. The bull's asleep. Amy? I've got a connection to Patrick now. Patrick? How is he? Him? Uh, he says he's fine. Tell him I'm okay. Amy, he asked if the shop is okay. Amy? Tell him I'm sorry, but the bull knocked a lot of stuff over when he got the tranquilizer darts. Don't worry about it, Amy. You did great. All the cabinets except one are destroyed. I didn't read that. Amy? What's the situation in the shop? I said all but one are... <laughs> Correction. All the display cases have fallen over. Great work, Amy. You're an amazing woman. Thank you. You want to have dinner sometime? Got your number. I'll give you a call. You've been listening to Dialed In. Shooting the Bull by Perry Whittle. Starring Jennifer O'Donnell as Amy, Heather Lee Rogers as the 911 operator, John Bell as the Bull, and P.G. LaRusso as Animal Control. Shooting the Bull was directed by Samantha Mason. Sound design by Mike D'Almeida. Music and editing by Matthew J. Boudreaux. Next episode is Wish You Were Here by Mike Murphy. And that was Perry Whittle's Shooting the Bull as part of the Dialed In series by Oral Stage Studios. Uh, Dialed In is an interesting program that uh, was used with a remote acting uh, workforce across the world, um, but they uh, put a lot of effort into making sure all the recordings are of super high quality. So all of the actors recorded on good quality microphones, though they did use Skype to um, interact with each other. Kind of an experiment to see whether you can do remote recording and have it not sound like um, some of your actors are in a well basement 
or otherwise um, in danger. Uh, in, in stark contrast to that, uh, we have chapter 20 of The Cleansed. Uh, this is the now for com- something completely different part. Um, this is wrapping up episode five. Um, in this conclusion episode, uh, we our characters are coming back to see what uh, waits for them in the land of the dwellers. Um, they're traveling after Tully's. Um, we also have Lucian looking for Amos and finding something completely different. Here's chapter 20 of The Cleansed coming right up. Final Room Productions presents The Cleansed, Season 1, Chapter 20. the tables had turned. One day I was a captive, laying on a table and burned by this man like I was his doll to play with. Now I stood in the uniform as one of his men, and he looked, well, he looked happy to see me. Oh, how the tables had turned, and oh, how I hoped they would turn yet again. Refuge? Are you certain? He's certain. I've never heard of such a place. Though I'm sure we can find it. There was a lot of renaming of things, like this city, Corinth, like the sewers, soup. Someone will know what they mean by the refuge. It drives me crazy. The names of the God-blessed USA were plenty good enough. Uh, You must not remember that, son. Son, you speak when spoken to, boy. Zeke. Quiet, Saul. Boy, cat got your tongue? No, sir. So you swear on your life's blood, that's what John told you? Yes. He said he was going to the refuge, that he had friends there. And this refuge, where is it? I don't know. Excuse me? I don't know. (laughs) You're still mad I tortured you. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Listen, kid, all's fair in love and war. They still say that? No. That's too bad. If they did, you'd know what it means. I only did what I had to do. Saul didn't say... Saul is smart. He only says what he needs to say. You've done a good thing telling him. You You look strapping in that new uniform. A little big on you, but you'll grow into it. You gotta keep your head high. Cut your hair. Then you'll have dignity. You'll be one hell of a soldier. Of course, you're gonna get rewarded, just like the loyal soldiers do. I want you to try something that I'll bet no other kid your age has ever had. Sure. (laughs) Here, in my refrigerator. Now this... The real thing. Coca-Cola. That's a symbol of America right up there with a flying eagle. What do you say? Uh, say thank you. Uh, thank you? Yes, that's it. <laughs> Kid's got to learn manners and he's already a teenager. Spare the rod, spoil the child. I guess that's what happened to all of you. 
All right. Go along now. Thank you, Richard. We'll talk later. Indeed. And Zeke? Yeah? You have to open it. Like this. The real thing. Enjoy, Zeke. What do you think? It's too sweet. <laughs> what do you think about Richard? Oh, I don't like him. That's okay. Neither do I. Amos. 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 Yes, I'm so glad you enjoyed the sermon. Did you see the child I came with? Lucian. Lucian, not Lucas. I'm sorry. I'm Joe. You remember? An assumed name, of course. Mr. The Child. Uh, the boy. Yes, he was asking me about the bathroom. He should be along shortly. Oh, he just up and disappeared. Boys will do that. Uh, oh, now wasn't that sermon splendid? Ah, uh, yes. Yes, it was. Fine speaker, that Paul. You know, we broadcast them. Broadcast? Like, like on TV? The radio. Remember that? The radio? <laughs> one of the few ways people can still get news. Uh, the one you can crank up. We have a tower we bring along. Runs on those solar panels. Fascinating, huh? Yeah. God works in mysterious ways. Mysterious ways. Hey, let's get a word in with Paul, huh? If we're lucky. Yeah, sure. The wages of sin is death, if you remember. And he who wields death brings death upon himself, right? Yeah. Okay, so you mean this is their own fault for chasing us? Persecuting. That's the word. Persecuting. Paul, we just wanted to congratulate you on the wonderful... Did you enjoy it? Uh, yes, uh... Yeah, I, mean, I haven't heard singing like that since I was growing up. And that was uh, before times. It was moving. That's the power of Jesus talking right to you. Yeah, yeah Jesus. Always thought I'd like to meet him. You are so, so lucky, my child. Why? Because you are standing right in front of him. What? Where? It is he. Wait. You? The same. You said you were Paul. I was Paul in life. But I've transformed. Transcended. I don't understand. He is Christ reborn. Come here to save us. Come here to carry us home. Has he not? Brother, he has. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. That ain't loud enough for our Lord Jesus. Let's sing it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. All right. Now that's the power of the blood. You still with me, Luke? Yeah, Maria, I'm still here. You know the part that comes next? If Tully's had been the belly of the beast, then the river was the calm before the storm. Yeah. I remember it real well. I remember feeling like everything would be okay. It really would this time. And then feeling that it wouldn't. Okay. We're almost there, just around this bend. Help! Help, Chief! 
Cheap. Hey, Tit. That's odd. What? Well, there should be sentries here. I always watch the water. I don't like it when guards disappear. The only reason they do that is, is if trouble. All right, gang, get this boat to shore and let's join the party. version of The Cleansed. To hear the rest of this episode in its entirety and uncut, visit www.thecleansed.com. You can purchase the entire director's cut for $1.99. Also see a full cast and crew list, exclusive behind-the-scenes video, character sketches, and more. Again, that's www.thecleansed.com. Or catch us next week for another free installment. New episodes of The Cleansed will go up on this podcast for free each Friday from March through October 2012. Those are available at thecleansed.com, finalrune.com, and radiodramarevival.com. The Cleansed is a Final Rune production. Find more free audio stories at www.finalrune.com. That's F-I-N-A-L-R-U-N-E.com. And that was The Cleansed, thecleansed.com, for more of that show, episode six, the next um, installment full 30 minute feature coming out next week. Um, and it's starting to rocket as we get into the last uh, part of the season. Uh, three more months of podcasts of the cleanse for this season. Uh, the scripts for season two are about finished. We'll be going into production for that in early September, continuing into October. Very excited about where the story goes. It's um, even broader in scope. You spend a lot more, we get to spend a lot more time meeting the characters. Um, and there is plenty of action, but I think uh, the, the pace is a little bit less crazy because there is so much that has to be introduced in season one uh, that by time season two rolls around, uh, we spend a bit more time with each character uh, learning their stories and um, seeing what perils they find themselves in. This is it'll, it's definitely the Empire Strikes Back um, chunk of the journey. Um, so anyways, uh, cleansed.com. Um, stay tuned for the full 30 minute episode of episode six, uh, coming out next week. Uh, now we move on to our fair city. Um, like I said, our fair city did a live show at the convergence con out in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So we got to spend a little bit of time talking to our fair city about, uh, their shows. Um, immediately after their live performance, uh, it was fun to see Clayton and Jeffrey Gardner and I think a few other people of, of their group just sort of drop, dropped in for uh, comments here and there. But anyways, uh, this is sort of a fun um, hallway conversation of the con. Uh, talk about our fair city. Okay, mic check, mic check, mic check. Is my, is my lavalier going to... Yeah, are you, are you get, um, we're working on makeup. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. We're here uh, live at Convergence with uh, Jeffrey and Clayton from our fair city. Hey, guys. Hi, hey. how's it going? Uh, good. And yeah, we'd love to have you back here at Radio Drum Revival. Last time we spoke to you, you just were into th- season two, um, and we were talking about... Uh, this was sort of in the horizon, but here we are at the Mark Time Awards. Uh, you guys winning uh, the silver this year. Uh, what are what is your thought on the con? What brought you guys out here? This has been a, uh, a fascinating experience. Uh, this is Jeffrey. This is actually my very first convention, so I have been a little bit wide-eyed. Um, it's it's totally an experience, but it's been a lot of fun. And I'm more of a I'm more of a con veteran. This is not my first rodeo, <laughs> but uh, Convergence is a, a really really nice con, and, and the audio drama community that comes out for the Mark Time Awards who kind of centers around. 
the, 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 the convention is fantastic to meet these people in person. Like last time we spoke, we were 2,000 miles away. Yeah. Uh, so it's just really excited to put faces to people and, and actually make some connections. For those of you who can't see, uh, he's about one foot away now. Yeah, sticking microphones in people's faces. And so for the people who do not have the awesome joy of seeing what you guys just put up on stage, you want to describe the uh, live Our Fair City experience? <laughs> so uh, we, just, we just staged a, a live episode, which sort of replicates the form of the audio drama you can hear on our website, along with the Archibald Funny Pants Variety Hour. So sort of a late night <laughs> talk show set within the world of Our Fair City. So it's a stage show. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have it recorded in some form and available in the... Probably by the time you hear this, I expect. Jeffrey, Sometimes can we can we promise that? Uh, we can suggest that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not authorized experience. Um, yeah, and th talk about uh, what you said that you had done one of these pieces uh, briefly before, but knowing that you had the stage of convergence, um, one, why did you make the effort to do a stage show, and then two, how did you go about the selection process of the content that we uh, just heard? Well, um, why did we want to do this? Uh, it you know, God, I think it, it sounded fun. <laughs> why, um, why would we want to do this? Why not? We, we come from a, uh, a live theater background, most of us, and so um, this was actually kind of the first form that Our Fair City had. Originally, we thought this was going to be always performed live uh, and then occasionally recorded, uh, and we've kind of reversed that now. Um, as for our selection, um, again, we started out with this 10-minute episode that we performed elsewhere. Um, and honestly, had, honestly we, we wound up with a 45-minute slot to fill. So we said, uh, what, what, what are we going to do? So you so. decided to take Irish folk songs and set them to mole people. Well, I, actually, a <laughs> lot, right, yeah, a lot of the cast and crew of Our Fair City get together, uh, you know, once a month and okay. just play music around people's apartments and hang out. It's a nice, just fun thing we like to do. And uh, Clayton and I were sitting there and said, what in the world are we going to fill this with? And I said, well we could fill it with music. And we've seen people respond <clears throat> to live, live Foley. Live sound effects are a really exciting thing for people to sort of peel behind the curtain and, and, and see how those things are made. And a lot of times it's not intuitive, it's not literal. The sound of a thing is very rarely that thing Do itself. Do we still have that, that uh, the gack handy, to, uh, just to know, go, as, go as, as, as an example here? All right, we'll, Unfortunately, we'll it's gone it. in a uh, trash can. I would go grab it, but it looks like someone else is playing with already, it. Is already gacked and, it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, okay, so you have, you have the sound effects table, and you're pulling that together, and you're figuring out what you're going to do for the side show. And for us, it's a chance. You know, we, we, we broadcast. We broadcast. We, we put our work up on the Internet, and it's it's... It sort of goes out there and, and does what it does. We're used to the kind of immediate feedback you get from having a live audience. And especially to have an audience here that is filled with so many other really, really talented people creating great science fiction and fantasy audio drama is, is incredibly rewarding to have some of these folks out in the audience. And uh, so, yeah, so you, people really uh, will hopefully have the link, if not with this week or with the week that uh, when we have this available, because it is uh, totally unique uh, new guys. You know, there, you, there's live audio drama out there. You guys seem to borrow some of the stuff from the greats, but it also seemed like you're sort of doing your own thing and sort of uh, making up the stuff within the world of Our Fair City. And I guess I'll take that as a, a moment to transition into Our Fair City in general. You were just talking about season three, so that seems like things are, things are uh, wheels are in motion. Season three is uh, largely in the can. We've, we've seen first drafts of some of the early episodes, and we, we, we have a launch party coming up on August 18th in Chicago. So if you're in the area, you can check it out on our website. Yeah, definitely. It'll be in uh, the Wicker Park neighborhood. 
So come stop on down. Yep, and you can, of course, check us out online. August 18th, we start releasing, and it's another episode, uh, 19 episode season. Uh, we feature the lightning rigs much more heavily yeah. in this season, which I'm, I'm really excited about hearing uh, how all that comes together. Yeah. That'll be some sound effects adventures. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, Ryan is already, our sound designer, has already gotten his teeth into it, and he's having a, I, you know, he's, I think he's having a blast. He's also torn out all of his hair, quite literally. <laughs> the, the, the lightning did it. The lightning did it, of course, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but some really, really rich sonic environments to get into. I mean, these are things that we can't go out in the field and record a lightning rig, you know, a thousand yeah. feet in the air in the middle of a storm. Although we, we do like have to. access to a Tesla coil. We do have oh. access to a Tesla coil. And, and do you find that as you guys uh, produce more Our Fair City, you're pushing what you do in audio more? Like, is that, are you finding more challenging sound environments because you're aware of how sound can work more in your pieces as you get deeper into it? Uh, well, maybe we're kind of knowingly pushing it more now. I think <laughs> before we didn't know what was hard, and so we just kind of threw, <laughs> threw our sound designers up, and he has, I mean, always risen to the challenge and creates amazing audio environments. We're so, so lucky to have his brilliant work. But And he's he's asked us for as much specificity as we mm. can give him, and I think our environments have become more specific, uh, uh, which is a challenge because when you're storytelling only through sound, this is something I know you know all about, uh, Specificity is really key to give the audience specific things to. I'm using specific like three times, but it's it's really the point, right? It's got to be, it's got to be a thing, not something. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Well, let's uh, give a quick shout out. You, um, I'm just talking to two of you, but there is a large contingent from our fair city here. Um, and do uh, you want to just give a shout out to the people who made it out and helped you with the show today? So the live episode was written by myself, Clayton Fates, also David Reinstrom and Mark Soloff. The music was written by Jeffrey Gardner and David Reinstrom, and we also had Steph, uh, Stephanie Murphy performing with live sound effects by David Reinstrom and Betsy Palmer. We had a really talented cast with us today. Uh, and all of this was facilitated by one of our amazing board members, Steph Truska, who um, navigated a whole lot of hotel shenanigans yeah. and <laughs> driving people out here. We had two convoys driving eight hours from Chicago to Minneapolis. Um, turns out people merge very differently here. Um, that was a new thing <laughs> we learned. They also they cross the street differently than they do in Chicago. That was a learning experience. Jeff, Jeffrey, we didn't mention, Jeffrey also was in the show. Jeffrey played some music right, for us. Right, very right. First time in a, in a long time. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I think um, our big culture shock here was walking out into the middle of the street and you know expecting other cars to pass us and then cross the rest of the way and everything stopped. And oh, we kind no. of panicked. And we're like, no, no, don't stop. This, this, this is, is a go. city, this isn't is, it? What's, yeah. what's happening? So it turns yeah. out people are more polite sometimes polite. to our danger here. Yeah. All right, well, fantastic. Thanks so much, guys. We'll have people listening to more Our Fair City, and keep up these live shows. It's excellent. Thanks, Fred. Take care. All right. Thank you, Clayton. Thank you, Jeffrey. Um, taste of the folks behind Our Fair City there. They have gone come a long way since um, initially they uh, you know started this as a Kickstarter project. Um, it's sort of, I think, evolved way beyond what they initially uh, imagined. There's a huge number of people interacting with the program um, just the ones who were able to come to Minneapolis, I think, was close to 10 of them. Um, and they're all awesome people, and they're all into this project. And it's great to see uh, Radio Play get this kind of following, um, both in the audience side and on the production side. Uh, a lot of talented people involved in Our Fair City. Um, we heard Season 1 uh, a couple months ago, and now we're going to feature just a couple episodes from Season 2. If we kept going, we'd have another hour and a half here. This is going to be... Uh, just about 30 minutes, um, the first two chunks of Our Fair City Season 2. And, of course, you can go to OurFairCity.com for um, the rest of the story. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by the company you depend upon for all of your greatest needs, Heart Life. These stories are true dramatizations from Our Fair City's glorious history. So listen and remember. 
Heart Life, all the life you'll ever need. Welcome back, eager listener, to our fair city. Tonight, we take you once more to a place where the wind doesn't howl, it screams. On a friendless plane like this, you don't try to calculate your chances of survival. You have none. That screaming wind careens maliciously across the vast tundra and breaks, finally, against the side of a monolithic structure. This is the Heart Life Headquarters, thrusting out from the trackless snow and stretching impossibly high towards the iron-gray underbellies of the dark clouds overhead. The wind screams in wordless rage as it pelts against the building's enduring black walls, but to Herbert West, standing undaunted some distance from the tower, it whispers, Hope. Hope for a fresh start. Hope for new experiences and new meetings. Hope for our fair city. With his overland transport out of fuel, he has no choice but to stand wrapped in a surface survival suit of his own making, patent pending, and wait. But not for long. Herbert West can see a vehicle cresting a hill not far away, heading in his direction. Unlike Herbert West's own single-person craft, it is a large, ungainly construction, moving with a deliberate slowness across the ice. As it approaches, Herbert, in a timeless overture of friendship, sticks his thumb into the air and attempts to look non-threatening. Stuff me full of earthworms and call me a mole man, someone on the surface. How did you make it outside? Allow me to introduce myself. I am Herbert West. I did not make it outside from your fair city. However, I am here in hopes of entering it. I'm not from around here, you see. Well, you can talk. That's one down. Next, what color is this? Well, with the snow blowing, it's difficult to say exactly... But I'd place it somewhere between plum and burgundy. What? It's violet, my good man. Purple, purple. I call this mauve, actually, but that'll do. Now, you must be hungry. I've got some pan-fried brain here. Or some brain soup to warm you up. Oh, dear. I certainly don't wish to refuse your hospitality, but please understand that I'm not in the habit of consuming the brains of my fellow homo sapiens. Health risks, you see. Well, now that's interesting. One of the Woken would have surely fallen for that. Are you quite sane? Yeah, I don't really have any brain soup. Just have to be careful who you pick up out here. Climb in. My name is Simon. (sighs) Thank you, Simon. Too kind. You may not be one of the Woken, but you are a liar, and I know it. You said you're not from around here, and I know that ain't true. Everyone here is from here. Nobody comes, nobody leaves. Oh, I'm sure. Until now, that is. 
You see, I was a resident of a city some 3,408.59 kilometers, um, that way. But, uh, through various circumstances, it became apparent that it was time for me to move on, you see. Make a few too many enemies. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Simon, that is precisely how it came to pass. It was a difficult journey, but it was time to leave that place, and so I did. Coincidentally, if nobody ever arrived from parts unknown, what were you so wary of when you saw me on that hill? Well, you'll think I'm crazy like everyone else, but I thought you might be one of the Woken. Aha. Uh-huh. You'll see. We're coming up on it. There are 876 bodies at rest over that hill. Do the math. That's 876 potential risen corpses. That's a lot of risen corpses, it's true. A lot of the Woken, damn right. 876 here, better than 1,200 less than a mile to the north, and another couple thousand on the other side of the city. Ah, so you see the potential in them. And tell me... Have they been completely frozen since their deaths? Since we damned them by chucking them like litter on the snow. Eyes wide, staring up at infinity, looking into an abyss. What do you suppose that does to them? Well, to be honest, I suppose it does a reasonable job of preserving their tissue. There may be some cellular damage due to ice crystal formation, but as cold as it is, they should be in very good shape overall. Exactly. And one day soon there will be more of them than there are of us. And one day they will rise and we'll see a team and writhe and mass of bodies lurching and crawling their way up the hill towards us, towards our city. And if that happened at this very moment, you and me, we'd be the first to die. I believe you. What? Your conclusions are perfectly reasonable. I mean, assuming that birth and death rates here in... What do you call this city? Heartlife. If the death rates in Heartlife are anything like they were in Albuquerque, especially <clears throat> towards the end of my tenure there, your risk assessment is probably very accurate. Have you ever considered a career in science? No, son. I already have a purpose. When hell is full, and believe me, it is, the dead will rise and walk the earth. I know that for a fact. And I will be here to meet them and to bash their heads in. We're almost there. Be ready. The engine roars in anticipation as the pair approach the crest of a ridge. Inside the cramped, heavily insulated cab, two heads rise in unison. Craning for a view of the valley below, they reach the peak and gasp. (gasps) All is as it should be. Uh, Not today. today. This is something. When was this taken? Three days ago. That man, West? I don't believe he's from around here. I heard him say so. That's ridiculous. The psychopath with the mortuary truck is right. Nobody comes, and nobody leaves hot life. Perhaps in your tiny conception of the universe, this is the case. But there is more outside of heart life than our executive board would like to admit. Perhaps even more than they know of. 
Go to timestamp 3317 and highlight the section with this face. Run it through the database of policies. Nothing. Maybe he's had himself erased. Move your useless backside. No, he's never even been in the system. You can... You can even find people who've been erased. You must have realized by now that I am very, very good at this. Now shut up and sit back down. I want you to search every street-safe monitor for that face, and if that fails, tap into the corporate surveillance network. Use my password. Find this Dr. West and do it now. Dr. West? How do you know he's a doctor? Can't you spot a fellow moron from a hundred meters away? Dr. West is a scientist of some caliber, and I honestly have no idea what he wants. Predicting and preparing for impending disaster is perhaps prudent. We shall have to keep a very close eye on him. Get to work. With the order given, Dr. Caligari's devoted sycophant sets upon his task, scanning through the massive surveillance network of the Heart Life Tower. Through the lens of a camera, Caligari and her associate cannot feel the cold, damp air or smell the sour, metallic aroma of the city's unwashed masses and aging machinery. Life in Hartford is dark, cramped, and monotonous. Little has changed since the Heartlife Corporation assumed its role as the de facto government. At least, until now. There he is! That's him! It is. What is he doing? Give me audio. Yes, of course. Don't let me keep you. Sandy, wait up. You didn't say yes to him, did you? What a nice young mole. Reanimator? Hello? Anyone? Oh, Christmas! Her body. This is either the best or the worst thing that has happened in Heartlife in a very, very long time. Follow him. I want to know where he takes that woman's head and what he does with it. (laughs) Just do it and report back to me. The man is a scientist, and I assure you that whatever he does with it will be in the name of research. Just keep that in your tiny brain and do not lose him. Dear policies of Heartlife, do not panic. The arrival of Herbert West may be an event without precedent, but be assured, Heartlife is very safe. Our fair city is prepared. Soon the municipal usurpation and deterrence efficacy resource will be on the case. These professionals, like Special Investigator George Chamberlain, will tend to the equilibrium and calm of our accustomed way of life. No doubt, Dr. Caligari, corporate scientist of Heartlife, will report this promptly to the authorities, and, equally without question, the outsider will be detained before any real harm can be done. This record set will illustrate how we of the city can depend upon our system to handle problems before they go too far. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by the company you depend upon for all of your greatest needs, Heart Life. These stories are true dramatizations from our fair city's glorious history. 
So listen and remember. Heart Life, all the life you'll ever need. Deep within the secure vaults of the Heart Life Science Division, in a dark and secluded office space filled with all manner of exotic experiments that are equal parts advanced and deadly, behind a thick pane of murky glass, two individuals approach each other out of a bluish fog. Who goes there? Benedict. So we meet again, Balthazar, my old nemesis. How long has it been? Three cycles, methinks. You escaped your death by the sheerest of lucks. Oh, what arrogance! Was you who were about to die and bid a hasty retreat? Lies! But no matter. I have thought long and hard over our last meeting. As have I, Balthazar. And to what conclusions have you come? Primarily, that the world would be so much the better without you in it. May one assume you have engineered an elaborate plot to achieve this goal? One could, and one should. Ah, but such plots are ever so much harder to execute when one is dead. Are you referring to me? I'm referring to you. Your plot is already in motion? It was in motion from the moment you appeared in my sight. Aha! Mine was in motion long before that, since last we parted, methinks. Aha! But you see, my plot required your plot to be in motion, to be in motion. Now not only are you trapped, but you are trapped in a trap. Of your own creation! May one assume that there is no escape from this trap you've trapped me in? One may. May one also assume that I will continue to be trapped in this trap, even in the event of your most grisly demise? One could, and one should. Well, if the trap you have trapped me in is as lethal and inescapable as you say, then the least I can do is ensure that you die with me. you! <laughs> Your friend, the great wooden stick, will not save you this time, Balthazar. Ah, we all know the great wooden stick is ever your friend and savior, Benedict. But no matter. You will not escape my trap. Curses! You are escaping my trap! Nay, this is you who are escaping my trap. This is not the end, Benedict. Curse you, Balthazar! I will track you wherever you go, even unto the ends of the earth. You hear me? The ends of the Stick into the fluid and stir for 30 seconds or until separated. Repeat action every 12 hours for maximum stimulation. Maximum stimulation? They're just brains in a tank. Well, even brains in a tank need to stay stimulated. If I were a brain in a tank, I wouldn't want to be stuck next to the same old brain day after day. What if you didn't like each other? It would be horrible. This way they get to move around, bit of exercise, see new parts of the tank, and maybe catch up with some brains they haven't seen in a while. But Dr. Storm... Yes, Dr. Wheatley? What is the point? What purpose does 
a giant tank of disembodied brains suspended in a nutrient-rich liquid compound actually serve? Well, it could be some sort of hard drive for the entire city's informational superstructure. Each brain acting as a processor with its thoughts. Its neurons and synapses collecting and storing the data we need and accessible to each other through the conductive liquid substance that surrounds them. Or it's purely decorative. Or it's purely decorative. Look, I'm just the weather guy. I don't know any more about the tank full of brains than you do. Other than what's in this note Caligari left me about the proper care and feeding of the brains. If you want details, ask her when she gets back. And... When exactly is that going to be? Well, let's see. On the one hand, she stole her own research and then faked her own death in order to retrieve it. But on the other, she is Caligari. Exactly. So let's say a week. Maybe two if she gets hung up. What the? Who? (sighs) Oh, Mr. Chamberlain. We didn't see you sitting there. In the dark? Can I get you another juice box? So, Caligari is still alive. Yes, well, we assume she is. That was her plan. We haven't seen her, though, so we can't be sure. Or tortured into revealing her location. That, too. She left a letter for you. Oh, yes. Here it is. Dear Agent Chamberlain... If you are reading this, then you have have finally finally discovered discovered through your your skills skills of investigation that I am, in fact, alive. Good for you. Enclosed is a cookie for your reward. Go on. You deserve it. You are one step closer to catching me. All you have to do now is find out what I want, why I'm doing this, and where I am or will be. Good luck to you. And enjoy your cookie, Dr. Emily Caligari. P.S. Be a dear and tell my associates that their services are no longer required. There's a peach. Huh. What did she say? I got a cookie. What's this? Dr. Caligari is being sought by agents of M-U-R-D-E-R? Dear policies, this is an education in what can happen when one dabbles in science. Two super scientists are loose in our city. To what devious ends are they bound? More importantly, will the innocent people of heart life ever find out? Let us find out together as the story of our fair city continues with Mole Fight. All right, that was a smorgasbord of Our Fair City, ourfaircity.com. Um, plenty of stuff stuffed into this episode. Hope you enjoyed our uh, sci-fi comedy, a uh, little bit of everything mix. And again, apologize if you have had technical difficulties getting on Radio Drum Revival. Um, if you are still so moved as to recommend us on iTunes, we'd love the support. Um, we have recently been bumped from our top uh, ranking under the term radio drama, and um, I 
at least personally think that this is a great uh, general purpose uh, radio drama show. And um, uh, if you feel compelled to leave us a review or even just go into iTunes and, and star us or thumbs up or whatever that you, is that you do, uh, hugely appreciate that and any other sharing that you do for radio drama revival. Uh, working very hard to get our um, archives of content based on genre up um, as well as the HTML5 player we've been talking about and promising for months here. Um, all Works in progress, all here done tirelessly, uh, mostly for fun. Um, definitely not getting paid too much for this gig to uh, keep uh, good audio coming your way. Uh, 200 hours of archives at radiodramarevival.com. Um, check us out on Facebook, Radio Drama. Um, occasional tweets coming at at Radio Drama. And um, even on Google+, Plus, but that's just me, um, and that's a really long URL. So if you want to follow me on Google+, Plus, hit up radiodramarevival.com and click on my picture okay um all right well that is a wrap for this week radio drama revival is produced by yours truly fred greenhalge copyright of individual shows remains to their original producers but do please share this show as far and widely as you'd like radio drama revival originates in on-air radio at wmpg fm southern maine's community radio it is podcast at radiodramarevival.com's labor of love as always keep your mind and your ears open thanks for tuning in and have a great week mm-hmm.